Good morning, good morning. Today breakfast is sponsored in loving memory and Lilui Nishmat, Marcelo, David, Ben, Emilia, and Yosef, Allah uh, Shalom, sponsored by the Abib and Barda family. Hazaku Baruch. We learn all about the various begadim, the various articles of clothing that uh, adorned the Kohen Gadol and the Kohanim when they performed their wonderful uh, uh, acts of service in the Beit HaMikdash. There's a lot of lessons that a person is capable of learning from the various Bigdei Kehuna. In fact, the Sefarim write and the Afil of the Rishonim bring down that we know that the, uh, the purpose of the Bigdei Kehuna was to achieve and to bring us uh, Kapara through, uh, through the, the fact that they had been developed. In fact, there's an amazing line that said, I can't remember exactly where I saw it. I'll bring you Be'ezrat Hashem, the source, next tomorrow. Uh, one of the Rishonim from Magenza. And he said that the reason why Am Yisrael is still existing today is because the Bigdei Kehuna were not destroyed after the Beit HaMikdash. Rather, they were brought down and, and stored in the Vatican in Rome. The fact, he says, that they even exist in the world today is a tremendous zechut for the Jewish people. Even not used. Could you imagine the zechut as they are used, as they are done properly? So I want to maybe just talk for a couple of minutes today, this morning, about one of the articles of the Kohen Gadol. <laughs> the Kohen would wear at the top of his head, he wore a mitznefet, he wore uh, a, a hat. Either a mitznefet or a mikbat, depending on a Kohen Gadol or a, kohen, uh, or a regular Kohen. But only a Kohen Gadol would wear something called the tzitz hazahav. There was a metal band made out of gold, excuse me, on his forehead. It would be al-mitzchot tamid on his forehead always. And what did it say on the, um, on the tzitz? Kodesh. Kodesh. Lashem. Sanctified to God. Okay, that's what he would wear on, the, on this metal band on his forehead. Kodesh Lashem. Now, what's interesting to me is that there's a very uh, specific halakha that is associated with that tzitz. And that is that the Kohen Gadol was incapable, he was not allowed to raise his hand above Kodesh Lashem because that would be disrespecting the name of God on the tzitz. It's a halakha, he can't raise his hand higher than the tzitz. What would he need to do in various cases? He need to do different things. In fact, that's one of the opinions why they instituted in front of the menorah, there were steps. Why? Since the Kohen Gadol, like Aaron HaKohen, he used to light the menorah. Not, he didn't have to, but many times they would. So to light the menorah, what does he need to do? He needs to reach above his head. So in order that this, the Kohen Gadol should be able to light the menorah without raising his hand above the seats, they had stairs there so he could light it at eye level and not, never raise it above. But I saw in this something very, very special. Aside from the idea of the lack of kavod, there's an element of musar here which is unbelievable. A person should never raise his hand above Kodesh Lashem, above that which is sanctified to God. We know in the Torah, whenever we describe the various parts of the human being, they, those parts not only are uh, halachic, but they are also representative and metaphorical. When we talked about tefillin, we mentioned the idea that when a person ties tefillin on their arm, they are sanctifying their deeds to God. When they put the tefillin on their forehead, they sanctify their thoughts to God. The tefillin shalyad is turned to the inside by the heart, so the person's emotions would also be in keeping with Torah line. I want to make sure that there's no jealousy in my heart. There's no hatred in my heart. And that is meant to be symbolized 
by the tefillin's uh, proximity to a person's heart. But what is it that we learn from the fact that a person can't raise his hand above the Kodesh Hashem? It means that a person's actions always need to be in line. They need to be kept within the parameters of Kodesh Hashem. And I want to talk about what this means. Because lots of times people think that Kodesh Hashem means only doing an act of tzedakah. Only doing an act of reading Torah. That's Kodesh Hashem. There was a, a, a rabbi who was, eventually became the Panovich Rav. But he was very, very wise. And in the city that he was uh, the rabbi of, so he tried as best as he could never, ever, ever to write a get. And in fact, for most of his, uh, his career there, he didn't have a single case where he wrote a divorce paper. Why? Because people would come to him for a get, for a uh, divorce, and he would manage to be able with his great wisdom to say, why do you need a get? Talk him off the ledge, Yanni. Why, you know, maybe we could do like this. What about if we did it that way? <clears throat> and slowly but surely he was able to piece the pieces back together like whom? Like Aharon HaKohen. Yeah, he would get them back together. That's the point. They would never write again. One time, there was one time in his career in the city he didn't manage. A guy comes in, he says he wants to get, he wants a divorce, he wants the right to pay the rabbi like this, like this, maybe not, maybe that. The guy threw a temper tantrum. He was rolling on the floor, screaming, saying he's not getting up from the floor until he gets the divorce papers from his wife. Hadam Majnun. I don't even know if you... I don't even know, by the way, <clears throat> I don't even know, by the way, if, if that guy gives a get, it even works. Halakha is a person who's shoteh, he's, a, he's a, lost his mental capacity to think properly. His get, his gerushin is not a get. It's a, right, it's a disaster. So the rabbi, he says, I can't, he sees the guy rolling on the floor. You know what the words that broke the rabbi's back were? He says, I can't even stand to look at her. That's what he says. The rabbi says, okay, this is where we're at. You're rolling on the floor, saying about how you can't even stand the sight of her. Okay, fine. He writes the divorce papers, and they get divorced. A while later, the man comes back to the rabbi, and he says, Rabbi, you know, I made a mistake. Why didn't you stop me? The rabbi says, why didn't I stop you? Who was that going to stop you? Were, you were following the advice of the fire department. The guy says, Lesh. He says, stop, drop, and roll. I'm sure he didn't say that. That's my addition, right? The guy says, you know, Rabbi, <clears throat> I couldn't bear the sight of my wife. But the other day, she was just walking by. I looked at her. I, I remembered those feelings that I felt. You know, he goes, what happened, Rabbi? What happened? The rabbi says, when, you were, when she was with you, she was miserable. Why? Because you were miserable. You hated being with her. So what is she going to look like? What is she going to come across like? She's going to put, present the same image that you present to her as well. Rabotai, it's important to remember this. We know that the Torah says that for the sake of keeping a husband and wife together, Hashem says, erase my name. There's a kiddushah of God that is dependent on husbands and wives staying together. 
In fact, so much so, says say out the Gemara that a person, a man and a wife, ish v'isha, a man and a wife, shezahu, that managed to have the merit, shechina benehem, God is there between them. The letters between Aleph and Shin, and the man is Yud. The letter after Aleph and Shin, and the woman is Hey. Together that spells Yud Hey, the name of God. When a man and woman merit, they bring God into the picture. They have God in their home. It's like we mentioned on Shabbat, Asuli Mikdash, a Jewish home, is a Mikdash. It's a sanctuary. It's a place where God rests. So too, I always say as well, you know, once upon a time, this was a thing that we needed to talk a lot about, that people shouldn't raise their hand above Kodesh Lashem, something that's sanctified to God, to tell people to make sure not to be abusive in their relationships. But Rabotai, raising your hand or being abusive in a relationship, making someone else feel miserable, so they in turn make you feel miserable, where God says, erase my name, rather than have these two people break apart in the parasha of Sotah. So what is a person doing to ensure that their hand, their deeds, never leave the place of Kodesh Lashem? What are we doing every day to ensure that our relationships, that our connection with our wife, with our children, that the home is run with the utmost Kiddushah, with the utmost connection? What are we doing? Could we think that way perhaps a little bit each day to think what would my deeds do? What would they look like if I was attempting to build the holiness of God in this world? There are two places where we find in our day where God rests. In the Beta Knesset, which is a Mikdash Me'at, and in the Jewish home. If that is true, then these uh, lessons that we find about the way that a Kohen Gadol dresses, the fact that he needs to do all these things, that he can't do deeds that step outside the boundaries of what will bring Kiddushah and will bring Shalom into the place, should hopefully resonate with us and generate warmer, more uh, sensitive, more attentive relationships. Today, try it for the first time in a little while. Pick up the phone at exactly whatever time, noon, you get your lunch break, Call your wife and say, honey, or call your husband and say, it's lunchtime, I'm on my break. I was just like, how's your day going? For no other reason other than to chat. That is the most beautiful, most holy thing ever. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen.